What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hustle and Grind podcast. I am the host, Jason Hartwell of JK Blades. I'm here in the studio with Bubba from Save It Outdoor Survival. And we've got a super, super special show today. We got a lot of things to do. Today's episode number 15. Wow. 15's always been kind of a, a lucky number for me. Oh, yeah? If I'm going through TV and uh, messing with the volume, that's where you stop. I like 15. <laughs> you know, it can be 10 or 20 or 30 or 40. It's got to be an even number, but 15's okay. Okay. Right. I've just always liked number 15. And so it's going to be a special episode. We got a special guest on the phone with us today. Very nice. We got Miss Kim Marsh Mitchell. Kim Mitchell, the bladed broad. How are you, Miss Kim? I'm wonderful. How are you guys? Now we're doing great. Thank you for awesome. being on here with us. Thanks for having me. You were someone that I have followed for several years now, and I didn't even know your first name. I just knew that's the bladed broad. Oh my goodness. I often wonder if people know my name or not. It's kind of funny you said that. Yeah, I even looked, you know, at your page to see if it was listed on there, and I couldn't find it. I hated having to ask you that <laughs> question. but uh, I should I should probably do, like, a personal post that, you know, a little bit about me. Here's my name, by the way. Yeah, just, just <laughs> the basics. <laughs> yeah. So how did the name The Bladed Broad come to be? When I think of a broad, I think of, like, a Sopranos, you know, New York-style mob show. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I I don't have a real exciting story for coming up with the name. I was uh I was just kind of trying to think of something catchy and it was at that time it was for my YouTube channel only. And I was sitting on my couch and I wanted it to be the bladed something and the bladed broad just like the second it came to mind it just sounded really good and um I think I went to my Instagram page, which was under Kimberly Mitchell at the time and changed it over. That was the first place I changed it to. And it just like, it like felt right. I'm like, well, that has such a cool ring to it. And after I changed it, I kind of announced it. I, I got some kind of negative feedback for it. Like people didn't like the name broad and you know, it has like several different meanings and, I looked at them all too before I made the decision and I was like, you know, there was one definition that sticked out in my mind. It was like a woman who just takes no guff and she just doesn't take any shit from anybody. And I'm kind of that kind of person where I just don't, you know, tolerate a lot of crap from people. And I just say what I feel is on my mind and I'm very open and honest. And it just kind of felt like it fit me real well in, in that one particular definition. So I went with it and, you know, I kind of, I'd ignored everybody and I don't think anybody really complains about it now. It worked out. Yeah. And it, and you know, uh, obvious, the obvious term broad with, you know, being broad in the horizons and open to whatever is another thing that kind of drew me in because, you know, what I do and have done in the past is a very broad, right. you know, platform of things. And I'm always kind of open to changing it up and trying different things. And, you know, one of the things that I do bring into everything I do is, you know, photography and the knife thing and throwing knives and making knives. And, and, and I don't really stick to one particular avenue. And that's kind of another reason why I chose the term. So that's kind of how it unfolded. It's not like the craziest story, but <laughs> well, it makes sense. You wanted something catchy and you got it. Yeah, exactly. So I want to take a second real quick and talk about our sponsor for the show is Phoenix Absolutely. Abrasives. 
You can find them awesome. online at phoenixabrasers.com slash shop. And they're also on Instagram and Facebook and uh, wherever you get your Googleable abrasive results. Make sure you scan past all of them until you find Phoenix. And when you put your order in, use promo code HUSTLE10 for 10% off of your entire order. And they will get you hooked up. Nice. All right. What kind of uh, belts are you using? Um, well, I, my husband made knives several years ago when we kind of first got married and, uh, I've had his tools and his belts that he never used for all these years. And honestly, I don't even know where half of them have come from <laughs> or what brand they are. And I, I recently, um, ordered some from combat abrasives, um, cause I, the ones I have, obviously they're old, but you know, just kind of looking around, I, I'm. I'm so, I feel like I'm so new to it all still that I haven't really had the chance to branch out and try different kinds. So I'm kind of getting to that point. Well, next, next time you put an order in, keep Phoenix Abrasives in mind. And Hustle 10. Okay. Yeah, use that promo code Hustle 10, 10% off. Their belts are already some of the best price belts on the market. But with that okay, extra discount, I, I mean, it's, and they're, they're the best belts. I mean, they just work better awesome. than anything. I've tried them all. But, uh, Sweet. So, what did you do? I know now your your kind of focus is on sharp things, you know, whether it's throwing mm-hmm. knives, making knives, you got the knife pendants and jewelry and what were you doing before you got into that and how did you make that transition? I was um basically I was a stay-at-home mom before I was a, a mom. I was uh in commercial real estate. I used to do property management and manage a bunch of shopping centers and such. And, uh, it was pretty much all I did. I really didn't have a hobby for a long time because I was always working. And, uh, then I had children and we kind of, it was kind of back in 2010 when the economy tanked and, um, basically we couldn't afford the daycare and everything. So I kind of got forced into being a stay at home mom, which was never, really my plan but it worked out and uh as my kids got older and started to go to school I was kind of in a weird position because we we live in a different place a smaller town and you know I didn't have my real estate license intact and I uh I just kind of started to try to figure out something I needed to do and at that time my husband also got diagnosed with some health issues so he was kind of down and out and uh, I was kind of getting a little down and out myself because I needed something to help stimulate my mind. I'm a very creative person by nature and for whatever reason knife throwing came to mind and so I like went out my backyard one day and just tried to stick a knife in a log and I failed miserably. <laughs> and I uh, I went to YouTube. I had no idea there was like even a whole world of knife throwing. And I went to YouTube and started looking up some how-to videos on how to get get it to stick. And I discovered the world of knife throwing and the community. And it it pretty much saved me because I got so super involved with Facebook groups and. Instagram and all these different avenues and people just kind of took me in and I learned all these techniques and I, I got kind of like crazy obsessive about it. Like I would spend like no spin technique. I think I spent like three full days in my backyard just to get it down. 
And the more I learned about it, the more I loved it. And I kind of just jumped all in and, you know, throughout those first few years, you know, I started the YouTube channel and everything and started making just fun videos, trying to do trick shots. Um, I remember spending a boatload of time just trying to split a golf tee on my target with a knife from about, I don't know, I think I was at like four meters or something. Um, and it, 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 like all of these things just got really intense for me and, and people started watching and really picking up on what I was doing. And I had a lot of knife makers wanting to send me throwing knives, um, for promotional purposes and, um, you know, just obviously to see what I could do with them. And then competitions came into play and I did, uh, I've been to three competitions and I competed in two of them in Vegas. And that was like a whole new world for me as well. I'm not a competitive person really, but I just kind of wanted to test the waters and see if I liked it. And I did. And you know what, obviously COVID kind of put the kibosh on all of that for a while. So it's kind of why I haven't been to any in a while, but I'm hoping to pick back up at all of that in the future. Well, how'd you do in the, in the two you competed in? I did pretty well. Uh, I came in, um, shoot, it's been a while since I've looked at all of that, but I, I got a few awards. It wasn't anything spectacular. You know, my nerves got the best of me, but you know, I, at least I tried it and, and, and put the effort in. That was kind of the whole point of trying to learn, you know, what I was doing and get comfortable so that I could get better. And, and then of course, you know, the place I was going to in Vegas shut down. So they're not doing any throws there anymore. And all the other throws are basically on the East coast. I think there's a few in California and there's several in Texas. So I'm hoping to, to, to get to Texas. That's my, my main goal in the next year or two to try again. Now you're in Arizona now, right? I am. Yeah. The land of the fires. <laughs> yeah. How is that affecting we, you right now? Um, it's, it's pretty intense that the telegraph fire is the one that's real close to me. And it, it just merged with the Mescal fire, which is, it's insane. I think it burned like a uh, hundred, 170,000 acres that's at insane. this point. And it's one of the largest fires Arizona's ever had. Wow. And uh, it's, it's insane. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I've lived in Arizona for over 20 years and I've known about fires that they've had here, but I've never really experienced it this close up, you know, in, in person. And I just, it's, it's like the desert here is so beautiful and timeless. It's so special. And to see what it's doing, it's, it's heartbreaking. Really? That to me, it sounds funny when you say the desert is on fire. Cause I always picture the desert as just, sand as far as you can see yeah you know what i mean um yes i do well for where we are at we're in globe arizona and uh the pinnell mountains are up behind our town and and it's when you get up to the pinnells it's it gets pretty it's a different kind of look there's a lot of pine trees up there and stuff so we have um some pretty thick brush around here too we're at a higher elevation than down in phoenix so it's a little bit different, a little more thicker when it comes to vegetation. And we haven't had any rain, like hardly any in the last year, especially last summer. We had some fires last summer too. 
um, during COVID when everybody was just stuck at home and that was miserable as well. But again, it wasn't as close to town as this one has been. And it's just crazy to see it all unfold the way it has. Yeah. I couldn't imagine walking out and seeing flames unless I knew they were there. You know what I mean? If it's not a (laughs) Friday night bonfire, there ain't no reason to walk out the door and see a flame. Now, are these caused by people or was this something nature? just? Um, This one was human caused. I don't know the exact uh, reason as to how or why, but I do know that that is definitely the case. And it's really sad because I mean, shoot, you know, every morning I go out to my truck and it's just, got ash all over it you open the door ash it flies everywhere it's insane the way it, it all unfolds how it does and it's unfortunate you know i love fire i'm like a total pyromaniac and i have campfires almost nightly and because of this fire i haven't had any at all and it's it's overwhelming for me which is crazy but uh, i just you know it's sad people go out they go camping and you know they just don't put their fires out properly or whatever it may be and it's it's just the desert here is has no rain. It goes up in flames instantly. I can only imagine. See, we are in a burn ban for a good part because we're dry, right? Right. But everything's yeah. still green. It's always wet and green and hell, it rained, what, two days ago? Yeah. And well, we're still in a burn ban. Ours is from, I believe it's May 1st through October 1st. Yeah. But that's when everything's oh, wow. lush and green. Everything's Once it wet. falls and dries. Yeah. yeah. Burn all you want. <laughs> and I must say, I've been to Arizona <laughs> once when the government sent me, and everything was always brown, you know, except yeah. for the giant little uh, cactuses that I didn't realize they were that tall. But, yeah, but, it's insane. Yeah, I've never seen one of those little three-point cactus things yeah, like on I'm TV. Trying to remember, Sequoia, or Sequoia, what were they called? Saguaro. Saguaro. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen them on TV. <laughs> I didn't realize they were legit, like, 30-foot tall. I've, I've heard they were really big. Yeah. Oh, they're humongous. Some of them are insane. I have a picture of, of me next to one, and I'm like, I look like an ant next to it. It's huge. It's <laughs> well, that crazy. Was a, that was the first thing I did. The government sent me out there, TDY, and I got out. And, oh, wow. And uh, first thing I did when I saw one is I parked the truck, I, my rental vehicle, right beside it, took a picture and sent it to my mom. I was like, you're not going to believe what <laughs> these things really look like. <laughs> yeah, and they're tough as shit, too. Like, I, this is a funny story I'll share with you real quick, but I, I drive a Dodge Ram. And we used to live down in Apache Junction, and there was a Saguaro in our in our driveway. We had like a roundabout driveway, and uh, my husband backed into it. And lucky for him, that thing didn't move at all. Thank God, because if it had, it would have fallen on the truck and probably killed him because it was so intensely large. But the thing dented my tailgate, and the the dent is still there. And uh, it it like oozed all this green stuff, and and the stickers were obviously everywhere, and it was insane. But it didn't, didn't even kill it. The cactus is still alive. It's, it's they are just tough as nails. It's insane. I wouldn't picture them to be hard, you know. Well, they're also illegal yeah. to mess with. I think, ain't they? You can't cut they them. You are. can't mess with them. Yeah. No, you cannot cut them down. Which is probably you get, why like, you a have a, a driveway around one. Because it was already yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, it didn't fall over, thank goodness. But it, it's insane to like look at the truck damage and look at the cactus, and there's like nothing. Because they look like giant sponges. Like they'd just be soft and easily put Right? Over. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So I'm actually scrolling through your Instagram right now, looking at some of your knives. And I know you told me yesterday that you're very new, but what you're doing looks like you've been at this forever. 
I mean, well, your, your you. stuff is looking real good. Thank um, you. The file work that you're doing, I really like. Thank how, you. How long is that taking you when you get that interested? Are you doing all that by hand or you got like a Dremel you're using? Or? Um, I do most of it by hand with little, little files. I have a Dremel that I use to kind of make a few notches if I need it. But um, the file work, it was, is it, it's very stressful for me because <laughs> I'll, I'll like take something out and I watch a YouTube video on how to do it or find something to kind of, it's like the arrow I recently did. I, that was based off just a picture and I winged the whole thing. Um, but I, it's very stressful because I don't want to mess it up. And obviously, you know, you're trying to be so intricate with it. And um, I don't know. I just, I have to, have no distractions and it takes me about two hours or so to do each one yeah that arrow looks awesome i saw that picture actually i just clicked the like button i saw that picture and noticed it and thought to myself man that looks really cool that's super symmetrical but it didn't click in my head that's an arrow until you said that yeah it was it didn't come out like identical to the photo i had i found i think i found the photo on like pinterest I go to Pinterest a lot and save a lot of designs and just things that I think are cool that I can maybe try to not, not so much replicate. I don't really like to replicate people's work, but to kind of make it my own, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, the arrow was like, I was like, Oh, I can't wait to try that. But the tail of the arrow didn't come out as perfect as I wanted it to. So I kind of winged it a little differently. Um, but it definitely, I impressed myself with it. I was like, oh, God, I'm totally going to mess this up. And it came out pretty well, I thought. Yeah, it looks awesome. I have Thank never you. been able to get into the file work. I've tried it so many times, and yeah. I'll, I'll feel like I'm doing real good, and everything's yeah. looking symmetrical, and I go to the next one, and it's just a little bit crooked. So yeah, back it's to the grinder. <laughs> just yeah. take it all out, start over, or just – if you go back to the grinder, there's not enough meat to start over. So you just have a no, knife with no file work. The first, uh, the first vine, vine design I did is really funny because I, I, oh God, I was out in my shop for like three hours and just going real slow, step by step, trying to think in my head before I did it, what I was doing. And when it was done, I kind of stepped back and looked at it and I was like, holy shit, did I just see that? Was that like an out-of-body experience? What, what just <laughs> happened? And I left it in the vice on my table there. And I walked out, I went inside, and I looked at my husband and I was like, I just did this really cool vine design on this knife. And I can't believe it, it came out the way it did. I said, you have to go check it out. And so he kind of spaced on it. And then the next morning he went out there and I guess he was looking at it and he came back in and he looked at me and he's like, you've never done that in your life. You don't just go out there and like form some masterpiece. <laughs> like have it come out the way it did. And I kind of laughed. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what happened. I think I was possessed or something. I, I don't think I could ever pull that off again. <laughs> yeah, it, It's stressful. It's crazy. It is. It is. And that's, that's one of the things about knife making that I liked so much is that it's with every knife, you get to do something different. Right. And, you know, kind of make it unique and try different things and obviously different handle materials and designs. And it's, it's not the same unless you're making like, you know, a set of throwing knives where they're all the same thing. It's just, it's not the same thing each time. And it, it gets to be your own, 
you know, personal work of art. Well, that's the cool part about it is it doesn't have to be the same. It doesn't have to be any way at all. You can just let the hammer or the grinder or whatever you're doing talk to you and whatever comes out, comes out. Exactly. I don't know how many times I've had a, a profile or a shape or a certain grind in mind, but I get working on it and I say, well, that looks pretty cool, but it needs a little more of this, a little less that. And it comes yeah. out completely different from what I started with in my mind, but it's still cool. Yeah. And I've had a lot of people say, you know, in, in the knife making world that, you know, what is it? Like you make a mistake and you fix it and make it to something else. And it's so true. Like, you know, cause I've, I've screwed up on a few things and I've been able to fix it and, and make it totally different than what I had in mind as well. And it's, it still came out relatively cool. And I'm like, Oh, that's kind of neat that you can kind of manipulate it that way. Yeah. I've heard it said knife makers don't make mistakes. They just make smaller knives. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. If you screw it up, you chop it off. (laughs) Got to Bob Ross that shit. Right. (laughs) Bob Ross, happy little accident. Happy little accident. There we go. That's right. That's right. It's so true. Your world. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I've got a pretty special announcement to make today for the podcast and the future of the podcast. And uh, this is something that I just finalized within the past couple hours before we started this recording. The podcast has a brand new sponsor. (gasps) We are now officially part of the Broadbeck Ironworks family. Oh, how cool. Yeah. So Congratulations. Broadbeck Ironworks, yeah. yep, is now an official sponsor of the Hustle and Grind podcast. And, uh, wow. man, I'm excited. Yeah. I am beyond excited. Everybody listening knows the struggles that I've been going through lately with my grinder. And uh, just out of simple respect and uh, kind of, I guess, closing the door, we're not even going to say that other company's name again. <laughs> um, that is just a thing of the past, and we're moving on. Broadbeck has stepped on board, and my new Broadbeck Ironworks 2x72 grinder. VFD. With VFD and all the bells and whistles and tilting and all the fancy stuff is getting shipped out to me Monday morning. And I could not oh be my goodness. more excited. Yeah, I'm so excited to be part of that team, and I look forward to working with those guys for a long time. That's and, uh, very cool. Congratulations. Thank you. If anybody out there that's got a Broadbeck grinder already – is listening to this, I want you to to put something up and tag Broadbeck and use the hashtag Hustle and Grind and just tell them that they made a good choice going with this podcast. <laughs> Let, let's see if we can start a trend so there. Good, good job, guys. Yeah. There you go. So those are some awesome guys, man. So I met them in the pit at Blade Show. Yeah, we talked to them for like hours. Yeah, before I even really knew who – they had Broadbeck shirts on but I didn't really know how they were affiliated with the company or if they were just wearing shirts. Yeah. Just awesome people. So it's uh, cool. Ryan Broadbeck and Vince Molina. And we uh, just got to talking to him for a while. And earlier today, I was actually on the phone with Vince. And I asked him a question about the grinder. And he said, I'm going to call you on Facebook. And he hung up real quick. And he did a Facebook call. He was in his shop. And he was just giving me a demo of all the different things that this machine can do. And, I mean, he took it from, uh, you know, just flat, platinum, vertical, normal-looking grinder tilted it sideways, adjusted the work rest, changed the table in like 15 seconds. 
<laughs> oh my god! You know what I mean? Just it's amazing how I've versatile that machine clips, is, dude. I'm like, first time I saw that on one of the clips, and they just laid the whole thing over. I was like, oh, that's neat. Dude, when he did it, I said, man, you make that look easy. And he turned around with the most serious look in his face, <laughs> looked right at that camera and said, because it is. Because it is. I was like, yeah, buddy, I can't wait. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited. And um, you know, not only to get a, a grinder of that caliber in my shop, I'm excited for that, obviously. But just to be part of a team that you know, is already represented by such – Huge names in the business. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're yeah. they're a part of Forest and Fire. You know, when you watch the TV show, they're using Broadbeck Ironworks grinders on the show. Oh wow! I mean, all the judges have them in their shops, and you know, but I, I'm gonna be talking about them a lot, obviously. But I'm excited to get the machine, and I'll be telling you a lot about it as I'm learning about it. You know, once I get it in my shop. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Moving on, I want to talk to you a little bit about the little things that you do. Okay. And when I say little things, I'm talking about the axes and knives that fit on the the first joint of your middle finger. Are those <laughs> pendants or I mean I know I've seen you you got like a hat a hat pin, right? I do well yeah. It's actually glued to my hat pin. Okay. Okay. I didn't know it's if that was like a pin. No, it's a, it's, I glued it on there and, uh, it's, I should have made a pen, but I didn't. I, I, basically what they are is they are, um, I make necklaces, I make earrings, um, and the necklaces are for guys and girls because I can, you know, instead of using sterling silver, I can use leather or whatever. And it depends on what, what they want, you know, that the axes are, are kind of cool to make because, well, I should say they're kind of tedious too, because I have to use, I have this tiny little, what is it? Like a one by 30 grinder. Mm-hmm. And to do such tiny pieces, it, the wood and stuff, it just kind of gets sucked in there. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had plenty that just kind of fly off out of my hand or whatever too. And, you know, my fingers as well get kind of beat up when I make them. And, but they're, they're so fun to make and they come out kind of cute. I think, and I've made several of them for different events. And, you know, I've had a lot of the axe throwing venues contact me about having them there as well. And that's something I have in the works that I'm working towards doing. And they're, they're pretty, they're pretty neat to make. Are are the heads actually metal? Um, not all of them, no. Most of them are made with just aluminum, and I just kind of shape them to make. They're not like an actual live edge, right? Because you know, I don't think people really want to wear them if they're going to like cut their their skin just kind of open like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, they some of them. The one on my hat is actual metal. I did make that one with actual metal, and I am actually trying to make some small, tiny, little actual real life neck knives that are coming as well. Um, I have a few cut out from, I think it's 1084 steel that a, a friend of mine, Bill Page with BP Knife, he and I work very closely together on a lot of different things. And he has sent me these, they're really cute. I don't know, they're probably like two inches in total length. Um, so there's axes and there's little knives and I'm planning to make them into some cool necklaces for people as well. So that'll be kind of different. They're a little bit bigger than the pendants are. 
But I, it's something new to try. I wear a cowboy hat a lot, and um, a lot of my hat bands are actually made from snakes that I've killed around here. Oh, that's uh, cool. And I need to get a hold of one of those knife ones to glue to my hat. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I'll make you one. Yeah, I've got... Uh, I got one cowboy hat. It's American flag cowboy hat. That's the one. It only gets put on my head for blade show. And oh, really? I, yeah. I mean, it's just a yearly tradition. And I That's mean, cool. I get so much attention because of that hat. The first time I ever wore it up there, as soon as I walked in the door, Smoky Mountain Knife Works was there handing out their free swag bags. Mm-hmm. And they gave me the t-shirt and the bag and the hat. And the guy almost took the hat back from me. He said, this hat's <laughs> free, but you cannot take off the one you're wearing. I mean, and I oh had I had people trying to buy it from me all weekend. It's nuts. So that's uh, cool. Yeah, definitely, especially that hat. That's the one I need a a TBB knife on, and heck yeah, rock it all over Blade Show. I will totally make you one for uh, sure. Are you? I know you didn't come to Blade Show this year, but is that something you normally do, or is that something you hadn't done before and I want to, or do you just don't care? <laughs> I've never been to Blade Show. I I would go for sure. I think um, I've had a lot of people ask me to be there and go and all that stuff, obviously. But I have never been, and uh, I think it would be kind of cool for me to go. I've heard it's it's a little overwhelming. <laughs> it can be definitely, yeah. But there's a lot of people I would love to meet. I think that's like the main reason why I want to go to meet people that I've spoken to and you know known for so long and so many years on instagram and facebook and just see see them face to face because that's one of the coolest things i think about social media is getting to meet these people who are like either your fans or people who are in the same field as you and you know exchange ideas and get to see what everybody else is doing and and see their actual work in person yeah it's that's one of the main reasons that we like to go is you know i'm a knife maker so obviously I'm not going to go to blade show and buy a knife. You know, I mean, that's just yeah. not what I'm in the market for, but when it comes to handle materials, you know, supplies, pins, liners, that's the place to go because you can actually pick it up and look at it and see exactly what you're getting. You're not paying shipping. So that's a plus. Yeah. But the main thing is just to meet people. I mean, and yeah. like you said, with social media, there's, so many people that we talk to on a regular basis, whether it's just through comments or DMs or whatever, but mm-hmm. you almost, it's hard to put a face with a name. And, yeah. um, you know, meeting those people in person, it's just, it kind of brings it back full circle to makes it a real friendship. It really does. I remember my first knife throwing competition and I, I had all these online friends that I've never met. And I, I walked around this corner and, and into the this big giant um, building and, there like all these people came up to me and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's so weird to see them all in person. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so rewarding. Yeah. That's social media. It's a, that's a wild animal of its own, ain't it? Yes, it surely is. So I was, uh, I got kind of starstruck a little bit in in reverse when we were at blade show. Mm-hmm. So I got in an elevator, uh, and it's a glass elevator. And it was the first time I had got in it. When we first got to the hotel, we were going up to the ninth floor. And I'm not a fan of heights. So it freaked me out a little bit. And I got to talking to the guy that was in there with me. It was Andy Roy from Fiddleback Forge. Oh runs uh, Pops Knife Supply up in Atlanta. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. The coolest thing, I think the, the coolest comment that I heard the whole time I was there is that he had the pop shirt on, right? So I knew he was 
with that crew, but there was a ton of them. And uh-huh. he, he turned and I seen his name badge and it said Andy Roy. And I had stuff uh-huh. in my hand and I saw that and I kind of gathered everything under my left arm and I, I shook his hand. I said, holy That's cow, awesome. man, Andy Roy, Fiddleback Forge, man. I'm a huge fan. My name's Jason Hartwell, J.K. Blades. He looked me right in my face. He's like, yeah, man, I know who you are. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, oh, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know me? <laughs> Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. That was the coolest feeling because you never know who's looking at you. You know what I mean? So true, yes. And, I mean, such a super nice guy. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get to have a long conversation because we were only on the ninth floor. He was going to the probably 15th or something. Penthouse. Right? (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, Blade Show, there's nothing else in the world like it. That's crazy because the first time I ever got recognized in public was at Blade Show. Mm -hmm. Some guy was like, hey. One of the little things I say is, like, pause for the cause. It could just kind of happen. Right. And all of a sudden, I heard that yelling over the crowd. I was like, what in the hell? Yeah. And some dude, didn't know who he was, recognized me from my YouTube. And, I, and I, oh, that wow. was the first time I'd ever been recognized by somebody, of course, that I didn't know. Right. That was, what, three years ago at the other Blade. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> we were standing at one of the uh, the handle material tables. Mm-hmm. And I was to the far right, and then my wife was to the left side of me. And on the other side of her was another couple. And it was me, wife, wife, him. And, you know, we're all looking at stuff. And my wife told me later on that she kept hearing this guy kind of whisper, that is him. That is him. <laughs> and and then once, you know, the girls kind of took a step back and we rearranged places, he kind of looked at me funny. And I said, hey, man, how are you? He's like, Jason? I said, <laughs> yeah, man. Oh. And it was cool because this was someone that I actually have talked to a ton of times, you know, on the DM and on Messenger and all this stuff. And Bubba, you've talked to him. Yep, yep. It was Brad Bynum. Yeah. He's only an hour and a half from us, but we've never met in real life. And we ended up at the same table. Yep. But just putting that face with the name, you know, that's just such a cool place to, to meet all your your online friends. Yeah, and of course, we're all covered with filters on the internet, so we look halfway better than right. in person. And I see us in person, like, is that troll him? Yeah. Well, dude, I'm I'm aging beyond my time. So these bags under my eyes are ridiculous. I look yeah. 70. So you're not going to find too many pictures of me online where I'm not wearing safety glasses. I can be on the couch. I put those safety glasses on so that bottom bead kind of hides these wrinkles. I'm, I'm not old enough for all this yet. But, uh, living too hard, too too hard for too long. I guess so. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So next year, hopefully, the world will be calmed down, and all this corona garbage will just be a thing of the past. I hope. I hope so. So, God. Hopefully, you'll be able to get out the blade show, and well, they have a blade west, don't they? They do, but there's no way I can make it to that. No, I don't. But it's out that way. Didn't they just. Didn't they just move it to California? They did, Cleveland? and that's the reason I'll yeah. never go. That's just a personal yeah, thing on I me. Was, I have no desire to go to California. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I've been to California a few times, and it's really not not my bag, so I don't <laughs> think I could. I don't think I would go for that very reason, so I'd rather drive to Atlanta. <laughs> they had it in, I believe it was either Portland or Seattle. It was one of those two big, you know, upper Midwest what yeah. No, I don't. I don't remember North Midwest. What do they call the area there? Pacific, Pacific Northwest. Northwest. Yeah, Pacific Northwest. It was one yeah. of the big areas in that, you know, zone. But they, I think, the venue that they were using just wasn't big enough. So obviously, oh, I had wow. to go to California. But, I didn't even know that they had like 
I guess I should have if I thought about it hard enough, but I didn't realize they had like other stuff other than knives. Like you said, they had the the belts and the handle materials and all that stuff. So I just I just learned that this year that they have that there, and I'm like, oh wow. Oh my goodness, totally they've got it. I mean, if you make anything. Yeah. As far as, you know, knives or knife accessories, leather, you know, for sheaths or yeah. Tidex for holsters. Well, Tandy and Weaver, the, were both there. Yeah. I mean, they've got oh, wow. anything. I mean, yeah. parts, <laughs> tools, supplies. My biggest purchase products. was the skull for my wife. I went to Blade Show and bought a hog skull for the wife. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> that was my biggest purchase. Jant Supply had a decoration that was a warthog skull. And Bubba just happened to have his wife on her birthday weekend there, and she wanted it, so Bubba had to buy it. Yeah, well, she's a saint. <laughs> Let me take her to, you know, Blade Show for her birthday. There we go. So, and Mama, oh my God. So we bought the decoration off the thing. <laughs> yeah, it worked out Jason, good for everybody. Have you, have you had the table there before? I have not. And to be completely honest with you, I probably won't. Yeah. Um. I like I said, I go to meet people and kind of just do some networking and and making new friends. And yeah. I, I feel like if I had a table, you know, you're kind of stuck behind it, right? Um, I mean, obviously, there's some money to be made, you know, if you do have a table. But at the same time, you got to go with one hell of a inventory. You know what I mean? Just to well, break my even. My thought too is like if you if you put all the stuff together and then you have to pay for the travel and you know, hotel and all that other stuff. I mean, are you just going to make back what you're spending to get there? Well, from what I've heard, um, I believe it was Dan Eastland that said this from Dogwood Custom Knives. He's had a table there for like the past 12 years. And he says, if he happens to break even, it's a really good year. Yeah. Wow. That's just something that I can't wrap my head around justifying. You know what I mean? And what's funny is on Sunday, he said he broke. He said he actually made profit this year. Yeah. And I'm like, that's good. That's real good. And there was a lot of guys that kept saying the same thing. They was like, look, we're just here for basically marketing. He goes, oh, wow. we, we chalk this up as we don't make money. We market here. Yeah. I was like, wow. And it is a good way to get your name out there. You know, and obviously yeah. I'm I'm still small fries. You know, I want to get my name out there. But I can. How long have you been making knives? Almost five years. Oh, wow. I've only been on Instagram for. I guess about two years now. Yeah. When, when I started, I didn't. I mean, we're sitting here in a in a recording studio right now. Uh, I know most podcasts are done just you know a couple dudes on their couch with their laptops. I don't mm-hmm. even own a laptop. I mean, I'm lucky to remember the password to check my bank account on my cell phone. <laughs> yeah. So when I first started, I didn't know anything about YouTube or Instagram or anything. I watched a few episodes yeah. of Forged in Fire and said, "Man, I want to do that." So I went and bought some tools and just started doing it. And I'm a hundred percent self-taught as far as hands-on. I mean, since then I've watched a lot of videos and learned a lot, stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm still very new, you know, according to the, I guess the general masses. And you've also gotten really lucky with good friends and people helping out throughout all of this. Oh, I have, I've been extremely blessed. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I mean, I've, I've kind of learned that the, the knife community as a whole in general has some really awesome people in it. Very supportive, and I haven't really run into any kind of, you know, bad experiences with anybody yet. Yeah, Hopefully really I won't, but okay, it's so, very welcoming. 
That is, I believe, 15 episodes in a row. <laughs> every episode. And that is the cool thing, that every single episode it comes up about how great this community is. Oh, how awesome. I mean, it's a yeah. general consensus of the this whole world, you know, this world that we're yeah. all in, that it's just good people. It, it is. And, you know, to, to have people, and you don't see this very often, but when you jump into something that is so big, I mean, the knife community is huge. There's so many people that make knives. And to start start off at yourself and have so many people come to you and say, hey, anything you need, you have a question? So many people have messaged me and said that to me, like, what, I can help you out in any way I can, let me know, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's been so awesome because I know that if I hit a wall in the shop, I can message one of like 50 people and say, hey, well, what do I do? What would you do? And they would help me in a heartbeat. Yep, absolutely. I mean, there's it's so awesome. It comes up every time we talk about it. And I never had any idea that there was a knife-making community. And then to find out that it's the size that it is was just mind-blowing when I first started. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That was that was me with uh, the knife throwing when I started. I was like, what? There's, there's competitions for this stuff? Like, I had no idea. And my mind was just blown and... And it's uh, it's been a love for for it all ever since. It has grown and grown and grown, and just I can't get enough of it. It is it's literally my life now. Yeah, I mean, most of my friends. I mean, obviously, I got Bubba that's here in town with me. Most of my friends are spread out around the country, and mm-hmm. now my best friends are knife makers, you know, or something to do with the industry. And it's people yep. that I can call either on a Tuesday at two o'clock because, you know, I'm having problems with my tracking wheel and I don't know which bearing might be bad, you know, something crazy. Or mm-hmm. I can call them after, you know, three too many beers on a Saturday night. <laughs> three glasses in, but it'll help. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's crazy. You know, Brian House was more than happy to help me wire my uh, motor. And he looks just he's like he so, sounds. He's an awesome guy. I like him a lot. Yeah. I mean, I called him at nine o'clock one night. And I'm like, Brian, dude, I'm trying to wire this motor, and there's 40 wires inside this little box. They're all the same damn color. What do I do, man? And he said, full disclosure, I'm three glasses of wine in, but let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And he walked me right through the whole process until I flipped that switch and that grinder started running. Good dude. Yeah, awesome guy. He's been on the podcast a a handful of times. And we got to meet him in person at Blade Show. Yep. Yep. He's taller than I thought. He's a lot taller than I thought. <laughs> and he looks just as pretty as his voice sounds. So he, he's he, got that. You know? yeah, he's, he's got that gentleman's haircut yep. with the, the carved the little, in part line. Yeah. Yep. I, exp- I love it. I wouldn't expect nothing less. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Good dude. I mean, but that's everything. There's, there's a few people that are, well, I won't say a few. There's a handful overall that are just dicks. I mean, that's just the way it is. And you're going to yeah. have those in any community. And, yep. um, you know, there's, I mean, I can think of one right off the top of my head. Obviously, I'll never say any names, but who is extremely anti community. And it's, there's not even a place for that. There's too many good ones about, to have. I was about to say, but those like are that. few and far between in relation to how many good folks are out exactly, there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's just, it's awesome. And I feel lucky to be where I'm at. You know, if it wasn't, well, Bubba don't count. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> if, I mean, if it wasn't for me being a knife maker, I mean, I started this podcast 
in all honesty, to direct people back and try to make them buy my knives. Because that's my goal is to make my full-time living from nothing but selling knives. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's my dream. So, I mean, if it wasn't for the knife-making community, I wouldn't be talking to you right now, Kim. I wouldn't even know you existed. That's right. It's so true. And most of my other friends are that way. I mean, people that I feel like I've got lifelong friendships with are, I wouldn't even know they existed without this community. You you just don't Mm -hmm. have me, though. Well, you don't count. I knew you before that. <laughs> you know, it's funny, too, is I have uh, a lot of people that aren't, I guess, or don't use social media per se for, like, business purposes or their passion. It's just, you know, for fun. And they don't quite understand what it's like to know and meet people online and, and form these relationships, if you will, with with people and really understand that the bond and the purpose. And to me, it's it's such an awesome thing. And I always try to stress that when I talk about, you know, the Blades Abroad and all of my pages and all of the people I've met and talked to. And it's, it's such a cool thing. It's a tool, really, to, to bring you to where you want to be and help you grow and all this stuff. And when you do it right, it's such an awesome and positive experience. And I know a lot of people talk shit about social media, and it is. It can be a real bastard sometimes. And you know, with the politics and the religion and all that other crap. And for me, it's been such a positive experience that I, I mean, I would say probably a good majority of my biggest supporters and followers are strangers, people I don't even know. And they've helped boost me to, you know, where I am. And, and it's amazing to have people that just love what you do and just follow everything you do and, and like it and share it and, it's a real morale booster when you're really trying to make something of yourself or your business and to have that support. It's, it's awesome. I didn't even have social media at all before I started making knives. And, uh, I think Bubba, you're the one who, who told me I need to jump on that train. Well, that, yeah, because it's something that's always been told to me too. Yeah. And I noticed mm-hmm. it and I got a few things off of it. And well, I'm kind of like you though. I have to make myself go on there. Yeah. Because I got, I'm, I'm doing other things, but like she said, it's a tool. It is now, for you know? sure, and it's mm-hmm. very, it's a very important tool. I was always against yeah. it, just because I would see people so much that just they lose hours out of their day from scrolling, yeah, you know, watching, yeah, who's eating what sandwich, and you know, what kind of potato are you? Take the quiz, yeah, yeah. and no. I mean, little cats chasing a yarn ball or something. I mean, people lose <laughs> time out of their life. Yeah, but yeah. It, it is a business resource. It's just like your grinder. Right it's way. just like your hammer. It's another tool in the shed. Yep. But you, it's when you, it is. It's when you, have, you have to, to use. Kinda, you have to kind of learn to to deviate between that too. You know, I I go on social media a lot of the time, and I will not look at my newsfeed. I just do what I need to do for my stuff, and I move on from it. And I try to not spend as much time on it as you know, as I, I guess a lot of people do in a sense and try to spend, you know, like an hour at night to respond to messages or comments and that kind of thing. I try not to do it throughout the day. If I make a post, I just, you got to kind of deviate between it because it can suck you in obviously. And, you know, um, I'm also a big advocate for uh, omitting all the negative. I I just don't care to deal with it. I don't want to put my energy into it. Everything (sighs) I do, I want it to be positive across the board and I have no problem just deleting people, banning people. I don't care who you are. It's just I don't want anything to do with it. I want everything that I do and put out there 
to have purpose, meaning, and to be positive. And that's that's my goal all all along, all across the board. Well, like I said, I've followed you for a lot of years now, and I I'm pretty sure you follow me because I, I remember there was a time. I had put a picture. I still remember the picture because it was one of the first ones I ever put on uh, Instagram or Facebook. Well, it had to be Mm -hmm. Instagram because I just started the Facebook thing a few months ago. But uh, it's the first one that got more than like three or four likes. I mean, I I think it got like 20. And it was just a picture of the the couple strips of magnets that I've got in the back of my shop with, you know, different templates and different knife outlines. And it popped up, and it said the the bladed broad, like your photo. And <laughs> I had already, you know, talked to my wife and my daughter about you. And I told my wife, I said, holy shit, the bladed broad like my photo. I felt like I was, you know, like I made it. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, because like I told you on the phone yesterday, Kim, I've got a an 8-year-old little girl. And she will be, you know, I've got a 10- and 11-year-old boy. And the little girl will be the first one coming to the shop saying, Daddy, let's build something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the boys will try to do that. And I'm like, okay, cool. What you want to build? And like, uh, I don't know. Fire. Yeah, yeah they <laughs> want to build fire for sure. But yeah. I mean, my little girl, she went one day and she grabbed just, you know, I got a pile of one inch by three inch by two foot long pine slats just stacked up and they stacked up over the years. She grabbed a giant pile of those, as big as she could get her little eight-year-old arms around, and she brought them in there in the shop and said, I want to build a bench so I can watch TV in my room. And I oh, said, my gosh. I said, well, how do you want to build it? And she said, well, if we do this like this and this like this, you know, and she had this little blueprint in her head. Hmm. So I said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and we built that bench. And oh, to her specs, awesome. every single trim nail that held that thing together, she shot in with my hand on the back of the gun of course and i mean she had a blast doing it and the boys are like well when are we going to build something (laughs) whenever you actually do it step up bro yeah Yeah, my goal is to show her you know that there's nothing besides standing up to pee that that's not on the list either trust me well you know (laughs) i mean i i truly believe that women can do anything that a man can do anything yeah my biggest worker is my six-year-old little girl yeah in my leather shop Mm -hmm. my six-year-old little girl will do everything yep you know and she's Mm -hmm. always begging to do more it's like come on kid go ahead i I don't know if it's the the daddy's girl type thing that pushes them for that yeah and i don't care if that's what it is or not but just the fact that Mm -hmm. they want to be in the shop and they don't mind getting their hands dirty and if Mm -hmm. she kneels down and gets a splinter in her knee she don't care yeah, she's having mm-hmm. fun. She's working. She's building something with her hands, and that little bench in her bedroom now is her prized possession. Oh yeah, she keeps the little stuffed yeah, animals so on it. You know, I mean, she she loves it because she made it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that story. And my daughter, she's the same way. She's nine, and she's always always around me wherever I am, whatever I'm doing. She's not very far. In fact, she's probably sitting outside this room right now just listening. <laughs> and uh, she she is. She's uh, My son, he's not he's not very interested in it either. Uh, but my daughter, like, she throws knives with me and she'll come out in the shop. She helped me. I did a, a show a few months back here in town and I made, like, 25 axe necklaces for it. And she was out there standing with me and helped me dip, dip them in the, you know, the, the paint and all that stuff. And 
she's all about being a helper. And I absolutely love it because when I was a young girl, I, my, my parents didn't have a shop or anything like that. I didn't grow up around tools and all that. And, you know, I was, I wasn't really exposed to it until I met my husband really. And he had a shop and tools and all that stuff. And he would always try to get me in there to work with him. And back then I was, I was such a different person all around and, um, I just really wasn't, the interest wasn't there. And so as I, when I started the knife throwing thing, you know, I had to build my own targets and uh, I started picking up power tools and I was kind of self-taught, you know, I would just ask my husband a few questions and he would help me, but he wasn't feeling good either. So there was all that going on and I would just go, YouTube was like my Bible. So I'll learn how to do something. I'll go to YouTube and I'll figure it out in like, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And then I go try to experiment myself and I either pass or I fail, but you know, I'm pretty relentless and I'm not going to give up until I get it. So, uh, you know, learning all the tools in the shop. And I mean, we lived in this house for, I guess, eight years. And the first probably three years we lived here, that shop was like storage, all that stuff sat in there and I never touched it until I started throwing knives and starting to get more creative and curious and learning all this stuff. And now it's like my she shed, like, it's, I'm so protective over my shop. Like <laughs> I don't like people in there. I'm like, just stay away from it. Don't touch any of my projects or sitting around, you know, and it's, it's crazy to me because I look back on, you know, the girl or woman I used to be and how I was afraid to do all this stuff. And I'm like, well, what was I thinking? Oh my God, I missed out on so much. And part of it now is, is for me too, is I want women to understand that, they can do this stuff and, you know, whatever guys are doing, you know, I'm a huge advocate for women in power tools and learning all the stuff and getting them more familiar with knives, obviously. And just, it's, it's mind blowing. I'm like, gosh, I've wasted so many years not doing this. And now I get to, I guess, make up for it in a sense because I have the opportunity and the platform to do it. And I'm going to, by all means, get there. Yeah. Well, they say everything happens for a reason, and at the same time, That's there's right. a there's a right time for everything to happen. So, yeah, I was, you know, you see a lot of guys out there now that are starting to be knife makers. I know several that follow me, and that I've followed back because they're actually doing some really good work that mm-hmm. are fifteen to seventeen years old. When I wow. was that age, there was no chance of me grabbing a tool. I'm grabbing the keys. You know, like I, I wanted to be out running the town with my friends, and mm-hmm. I wish I'd have had that mentality at that age. I got started late. You know, I think I was yeah. 30, I don't even know how, 33, 34 when I started, something like that. I'm 38 wow. now, so I've been right at five years. Am I? I'm not 38 yet. I don't know. <laughs> I'm around yeah. yeah I'm 38 37 I about to say are we about to be 38 or are we about to be 39 <laughs> we're one month apart damn we are getting old ain't we <laughs> oh well the kid asked me yesterday how old are you I was like uh, uh carry the one yeah I'm either going to be 38 <laughs> or I'm going to be 39 You're doing math in your head yeah right? it's like, oh, I don't know uh, it, I guess, yeah, I tell you what, if, if somebody told me that 43 years old, I'd be making knives, I'd be like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, a passion don't have an age. It don't have a number. That's if true. you find something that you're in love with, 
it don't matter. I hope that when I'm 70, I'm still able to do this physically because, yeah. I mean, eventually I want to make my living off of it completely, and I'm working mm-hmm. towards that now. You know, I don't have a, I guess you'd call it a nine to five. A lot of my money is made with knives, but there's still times where I've got to go out and do other things, you know, to, to catch up some loose ends. And um, eventually I want it to be where all I do is make knives. And I hope my body will let me do it at 70 or 80 years old, not because I have to, because it's still fun. Yeah. yeah. You still have a good time doing it. It's your passion. Yep, absolutely. And I never knew that this was going to be my passion. When I was a kid, you know, I always had a pocket knife in my pocket, some little gas station folder or something or a little buck 110. But, you know, we grew up in South Georgia swamps. you got to have some mm-hmm. type of knife. But yeah. I, I never cared about knives. You know, I was never into knives, stuff like that. And like I said, after watching Forged and Fire and I built that first one, it was a turd. I mean, it was the ugliest thing in the world. And I knew that. I knew this is not good. So I made another one and it was better. And by the third oh, one, awesome. I was kind of like, this is what I'm doing. This, like, Are you uh, wanting to go on Forged and Fire? No, ma'am. No. No. I just, I yeah. personally, two or three years ago, probably. Yeah. But um, it's changed so much. And I know so many people personally that have been on the show. And mm-hmm. um, at this point in time, it's just not something that I want to get involved in. Yeah. I mean, it's just. I understand. And it really doesn't matter how good you are. Somebody is coming in fourth place somebody's going to yeah. be the first one eliminated. Yeah. Now, if you put up, you know, four Kings, one of them's going to fall first and I don't want to be the first one eliminated. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But seriously, the, the show has changed a lot. Now I haven't watched it in probably two years just because I don't have cable and, uh, yeah. Hulu quit putting up new episodes. Well, we already know that yeah. first, the last one you're going, we're going to modify your shop. Yeah, yeah. I don't have my forge will not hold a thirty inch blade, and usually it's a sword. Yeah, they do the last round. Yeah. I mean, my forge total is only I think sixteen inches long. Sixteen or eighteen, either way. It's I don't not thirty. <laughs> it's not thirty. <coughs> <laughs> I don't watch TV. I I know of this show, but that's only because of social media, really. And uh, I had David Baker at my house one time. He was. He was with a few friends that were driving to a nice row in Texas and they were passing through Arizona and on their way back through here, they, the, um, the highway goes through our town and uh, they needed a place to stay. So they stayed at my house one night and he was a really cool dude. You know, it was kind of interesting to get to talk to him and, and I made him some, some dinner and it was, uh, it was kind of nice to just hang out and again, meet people that you know online but never you know thought you'd meet in person and to have them at my house i was like oh this is really crazy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like david baker sleeping on my couch how weird we saw but, david um, baker up at blade show and me and bubba made the you? joke you know we kind of saw him from behind knew who it was we made yeah. the joke that that is the best dressed man at the show damn right no <laughs> kidding right he's like a, yeah he's like class act yeah i mean he had on his vest with his little you know it looked like a pocket watch chain yeah, i don't know what to call it the little yes. gold chain and his curled mustache mm-hmm. and yeah. like man what a, what a stud that is mm-hmm. 
Right. We, no I never kidding. did actually talk to him. I did. But uh, every time we go to Blade Show, my wife and Ben Abbott see each other, and they're just like they've been buddies forever. They just mm-hmm. chit-chat the whole time. Well, we went to take uh-huh. a picture with Ben, and it got photobombed by, by, oh, no. by Dave Baker. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the background making some goofy face over somebody's shoulder. I can't remember. But I put That's that on fun. my Instagram page. You know you're having fun when you're taking a picture with one Forge and Fire <laughs> Judge and David Baker's photobombing it. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. But, I mean, he seemed like a real nice guy. I shook his hand and said hello, but. Yeah, I mean, I've I've said it on here before. The first time I went to Blade, I kind of fanboyed a little bit and was starstruck to a sense, you know, like, oh, my God, Mm -hmm. that's Jason Knight. I've seen him on TV. And Mm -hmm. I I went up to all of them. But, you know, now knowing that every one of these dudes is just like the rest of us, nobody's different, nobody's special. You know, I don't bother those people just because I saw them on TV. Yeah, don't be the guy that's bothering the piss out of them. Right, <laughs> I, I don't yeah. want to be that guy. Right. I mean, I saw Jason Knight this time in the pit walk by me, and we've met before, but we're not friends, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And we kind of made eye contact in passing, and I said, "Hey, Jason." And he looked at me and said, "Hey, Jason." <laughs> and, and oh my god! Kept walking, <laughs> and I mean, but that's okay. We're not buddies. Yeah, but that's cool. Right. Yeah, it, it's cool yeah. just to acknowledge and say hello. It's but, connections. It's networking. It's yeah. you know. But I'm not going right. to take his time. Yeah, I mean. Honestly, he was on the way to the bathroom. The dude had to pee. I don't want to stop that because I've seen him on TV. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's but, awesome. Yeah, you definitely need to, to get by there if you're ever able to. It is a, it's one heck of a time. That's cool. And Bubba found out the secret to getting a room at the Waverly Renaissance Hotel. <laughs> don't tell nobody now. <laughs> okay, oh, so I tried to get a room at that hotel for three months at least. Before the show even started, right? Yeah. And the only place I could book was four miles away because everything around there was booked up. Oh, my gosh. Bubba wasn't even sure he was going to Blade Show until, what, two or three days before? It might have been two days. Maybe the day. Maybe the day of he decided, okay, we're going to Blade. No, the wife decided because it's her birthday. Right. I was like, whatever you want to do, love, that's what I'm doing. So here's (laughs) Bubba's, here's his plan. Is to have a good time at Blade Show. Well, she had booked us a room at a hotel that was like 43 minutes away or 33 minutes away. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she booked a room. We had a room. Continue. They had a room somewhere else. So what, I mean, the grand plan was let's start day drinking and go to the front desk of the Waverly Renaissance. And Bubba told the lady at the desk, I've been drinking. I want to keep drinking. You got a place to put me here for tonight. <laughs> and I'll be damned if they didn't find him a room. They damn sure oh did. Oh, my gosh. That's yep. awesome. They said, are you here for the Blade Show? I said, yep. I said, me and the wife ain't really itching to leave. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, well, here's our base price, and will you take this? I said, uh, yeah. Yep. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so in the meantime, I go to my hotel, and I booked through – my rewards program where I book all my hotels on my app on my phone and it's supposed to be a really nice place. And I got there and it was a dump. Oh, I mean, no. it was bad. When I walked in the lobby, the lady in front of me was throwing a fit because her bed was on the ground and she wanted her money back. 
Oh my gosh. And right about that time, I got a text from Bubba that said, where are y'all staying? And I'm thinking in my head, like, well, it's a dump, but there's supposed to be two beds in it, you know? So I told him and we got to the room and I was like, oh my God, you know, there's wires hanging out of the wall. The nightstand looked like it had been on fire. And so I called Bubba. I said, Hey man, it's a shithole, but you know, we got extra bed. He's like, no, dude, we're staying right here. (laughs) <laughs> grab your shit oh my god yeah. that so, is crazy yeah so he ended up with a room with two beds so i got my money back for the dump i was in and we split a room at the waverly oh that's awesome yeah, i wish i wouldn't have wasted it took me an hour to leave blade show drive four miles deal with all that and drive four oh, miles Rossi. back and on the way back wow. i lost my good parking spot <laughs> there was a monsoon rainstorm. Yeah, meanwhile, me and the oh, wife no. were sitting in the hotel drinking. Yeah. <laughs> I had to carry a cooler full of, what would we take, 80 beers or something? Was, I don't know. Across the street, and down the hill, and around the corner. Something oh, that's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's always a good time at Blade, always. Yes, <laughs> definitely is. That's uh, awesome, though. You guys probably had a great time. We always have fun. It, I mean, it's yeah. unfortunate for the less fortunate the amount of fun that we have. <laughs> I almost hate telling people how much fun we have. Well, you're giving oh, up my, my secrets. It makes me feel guilty. No. no. <laughs> I mean, really, we're blessed. We really are. I, I feel like yeah. I am anyway. Got some good friends in yeah. my life, and I got a good business starting. Hopefully, it'll continue to grow. We got some awesome sponsors on our side. We'll be making friends along the way. Yeah, but what I more can a man ask for? That's right. So we've well, been, I like what you guys are doing. With this podcast, I think it's pretty cool. It's a ton of fun. I mean, we started out kind of with a, a theme, which was, you know, when I when we started the podcast, I was still part-time on a 1 by 30 grinder. And that's only been 15 episodes ago. Wow. I mean, so, well, the first four episodes, I think we went bi-weekly before we swapped to every week. Mm-hmm. So it's been since, I think, about the end of March. Now it's June. I mean, it, it's crazy to think what's happened in that short period of time mm-hmm. for both of us. That's yeah. awesome. Am I your first female guest? You are. Yep. I am. You I are. But in my defense, Miss Kim, I have been talking to you for a long time about being on here. That's true. There's just been some <laughs> scheduling conflicts. <laughs> I know, as usual, it's the. And th- so that's crazy. all right. I'm I'm glad we were finally able to actually get you in here, and I appreciate it so much. But yeah, you were well, definitely my first choice as far as a female guest. And you, I mean, you were on the short list of guests. Period. When I started this thing, that's but, awesome. And well, thank you. I'm honored. And maybe one of these days we'll get you back on again. I I really do want to do that. You know, we say that to everybody, but I'd like to get repeat people back on here. You know, some podcasts yeah. you listen to and. You, you kind of really enjoy one guest and then you never hear from them again. I think it'd be real cool to, to cycle through and have some people come back. For sure. Get to see where everybody's at and where, how they've progressed and all that stuff. Yeah. Have you been on a podcast before? I have. Um, let's see what I've, I've had a lot of, not a lot of podcast interviews, but a lot of like, you know, um, my brain is warped. It's, it's coffee time for me this afternoon. So I'm kind of like in my mode where it's two o'clock and I'm like, nah. but, um, I've done a, let's see. I don't know. I can't think of it right now for some stupid reason, but 
I've done a few podcasts and I've always enjoyed it. Oh, uh, the Urban Prepper. I just did one with him. You guys know him, Cliff, from the Urban Prepper. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that dude. I'm trying to remember his name. I'm, yeah. I'm, I know I've heard you say that name before. Yeah, I know the dude. Yeah, we went we went live on his YouTube channel about a month or two ago, and uh, it was really cool to talk with him. He's a cool guy and real easy to talk to, like you guys are. And I'm always thankful for that because I always feel like, God, are they going to be easy to talk to? Because I feel like I'm pretty easy to talk to, and I just kind of want to like be able to vibe with people. And I think that's what's so catchy about podcasts is why people want to listen because it's interesting, you know. Yeah. Well, I feel like we got along good here today. Heck yeah, me too. Yeah. So before we wrap this thing up, I want to take a minute and give some shout outs. Okay. I'm going to do one. I know Bubba's got one in mind. Miss Kim, if you have one, feel free to jump in there. Awesome. Okay. So I'm going to start out and shout out Jason Moss, and I'm going to try to say this name. You ready? <laughs> uh <Uh-oh>. Blades. <laughs> this guy okay so probably six months ago or so he sent me a message on instagram and it's when i was working on building my chicken coops mm-hmm. and he sent me a message and it was just him talking about his chicken coops and he was kind of giving me some pointers on you know the egg boxes and things like that and at the time it was jason moss and he uh eventually branded himself and changed it into row Blades. And it's spelled A-R-O-O. But it says uh-huh. on his page, it's pronounced Uh-Row. I always pronounce it Aru. Aru, yeah. Yeah. So I was on a live feed one day, and um, I was on there with someone else, and this Aru Blades, <laughs> sorry, Jason, <laughs> he was talking to me on there, and I looked down and kind of looked at the comments, and I was like, hey, man, you know, thanks for being on. And I wasn't sure who he was. Then when it ended, he sent me a message. He's like, dude, scroll up. I'm the chicken guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's somebody I've talked to for a long time. And just about every episode that comes out of this podcast, he is kind of sending me messages and, you know, touching on what we talked about and just chit-chatting. And he's down wow. in South Texas, just a really cool guy. Uh, so I just wanted to give him a little bit of love and say thank you. We appreciate your support, and we look forward to talking to you. Maybe you can get him on here one day. He's doing some awesome work. I mean, he's part of the Bush County Knife Makers Group mm-hmm. down in South Texas, yeah. and uh, he does a lot of the competition builds with Sharky's uh, little collaborative group thing he's yeah. got going on. can't remember the name yeah. of it right now. But That's awesome. Just a cool guy. So who you got, Bubba? I want to give a big shout-out to El Vaquero Custom Boots and Shoe Recrafting. Okay. I have a a big contract going on, and I ended up breaking both of my sewing machines. Like, I've got something I've got to mail. I've got no sewing machines. Things got to be sewed, and I'm not hand-sewing all of these things. And the wife told me about them, and I had seen them online, and I went down there and talked to them. And the owner actually was not there when I went by, and he called me afterwards. He said, hey, man, I've seen you online. He goes, I tell you what, this right here would normally cost this. I'm not going to do it at the shop because I will take these home, and I will sew these things for you at my house. Wow. And I will get back with you and let you know what we can figure out. And I'll be danged if the next day, today, he's like, hey, man, I got it. Come get them. 
So he took this home. Wow. The owner of this business is it's like a, they make custom shoes and holsters and they do a lot of the stuff that I do, but fancier. They do the boots and all that custom stuff. But these guys came through in a clutch and I haven't had a chance to fix my sewing machines, but he's like, I got you. And Aww. it was actually the first time I walked in their shop and everything's cool. It's really cool stuff, man. I, I've always liked custom made shoes. I've never had a pair, but they make some cool ones, man. So El Vaquero custom boots and shoe recrafting. Good dudes. Manuel was the owner and he was, he, he was just down to earth, man. Just as cool as he could be. Awesome. Yeah. He, awesome. he come through for me, man. He did good. Well, that's awesome. Glad to see some love getting thrown in some local places. Yeah, local places. And, you know, that, that goes back to the community. You know, he's in the same yeah. kind of community as we are. And he's like, man, I, I understand the struggle. Here you go. Let's let's do this together. Yeah. Well, he does stuff online, you said, right? Yep. He's online. He's got his website and all that, Facebook and whatnot. Cool. So if y'all need something in that market, definitely check that guy out. He sounds like an awesome dude. Miss Kim, you got somebody you want to holler about? I do. I, I want to shout out to my buddy Bill, Bill Page. He is, you guys should check out his page if you haven't, um, BP Knives, and he is, he's been making knives for over 25 years, and I, he's kind of my mentor, my go-to guy, and I can be up at one in the morning and message him, and, and he'll write me back and always help me with whatever I need, and he's a real stellar guy, very genuine soul, and just one of those people you, you want in your life, you know, and I can't thank him enough for the things that he's helped me with, and he's definitely a person to follow and, and, and his work is impeccable too. I own many, many of his night, many of his knives and I just, he's a good friend and, uh, he definitely deserves it. So awesome. BP knives. Check out yeah. BP knives. Cool. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for being on here with us, Kim. We're going to go ahead and get ready to wrap it up. I want to end Absolutely. off by just bringing up our sponsors one more time. we got Phoenix Abrasives online at www.phoenixabrasives.com forward slash shop. Check them out and use the promo code HUSTLE10 for all of your abrasives needs. They are your one-stop shop. And a humongous thank you to our new sponsor, yeah. Broadback Ironworks. We're looking forward to going a long way with those guys, and we're happy to be a part of their team. And uh, don't forget to check out Bubba on the line at Sabit Outdoor Survival. And he is on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And check out me. I'm online at JK Blades on Instagram and Facebook. And Miss Kim, you want to give your little credentials real quick just to make sure I don't sure. mess them up? I'm at the Bladed Broad. I'm on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on here with us. And we hope to talk to you again real soon. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank, thank you. you so much. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.